Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. As the mornings are getting a little bit chillier and a little bit darker as well, it's that time when so many of us used to go back to school or maybe going back to school as teachers and lecturers. It's that couple of weeks when we rush around frantically trying to make sure that we've got everything in place just as the people who want us to get things into place try to change things for us. Anybody listening to this who teaches photography at a university or college will understand I'm sure exactly what I'm talking about. But it reminds me, and I'm always reminded at this time of the year, of a particular event that occurred to me when I was uh, leaving school all those years ago and I was called to the um, careers advice officer. Well, we didn't really have a careers advice officer. We had another priest who would sit and listen to us at the Jesuit college which I attended. Anyway, uh, this particular priest said to me, well, what do you think uh, you're going to do, Scott? And I said, well, Father, what I'm going to do is I'm going to design album covers for records. And I'm going to do that by becoming a graphic designer and by going to art school. He was quiet for a moment and he didn't really, I think, know what to say at this point. But what he did know was he had to say something. And what he said was this. He said, well, Grant, um, in fact, he wouldn't have called me Grant. He'd have called me Scott at that particular school. But anyway, he said, well, Scott, um, you obviously like looking at things. Have you ever considered being an optician? Well, that was the end of any careers advice that I ever received. And I have not received any careers advice uh, since then, really, of, of a kind of a sit down structured nature. But one of the people who I've spoken an awful lot to over the last 30-odd years is the photographer David Eustace. And I've been talking over the last couple of weeks about um, road trips. And uh, it just so happens that uh, David, who's based up in Edinburgh, decided to go on a road trip uh, over the last couple of weeks. And as part of that road trip, he dropped in on me. We had uh, a good time, a, a cup of tea and some soup, and we talked about things at a, a socially distanced, uh, in a socially distanced manner. He said something to me which I, I thought was interesting. He used the phrase that, as we were talking about photography, that we were drowning in the ordinary. I think this is a possibility, but I don't think it's an inevitability. Seeing and looking, I think, are the two differences between the ordinary and the, uh, I suppose you would say, out of the ordinary. The image that takes us somewhere further than the, the shallow nature of an aesthetic or surface. It made me think and I uh, decided to write an article. So if you want to read a little bit more about my thinking around seeing and looking, check out that article on the unitednationsofphotography.com website. I've meant to say a big thank you to somebody over the last few podcasts and I've kept on forgetting, which is not good. So this uh, week I'm going to say a thank you and I'm going to point you in the direction of somebody. The thank you is to Bill Shapiro, the former editor-in-chief of Life magazine, uh, author of the book What We Keep, and... Uh, also listener to this podcast so hello bill and why am i saying thank you to him well a number of the photographers who uh, 
I've invited to share their thoughts about what photography means to them over the past month have come via Bill and via his Instagram page, which is really worth checking out. So that's Bill Shapiro. Shapiro is S-H-A-P-I-R-O. He runs this regular thing called Meet This Photographer, where he introduces um, to the the audience, I suppose, to his Instagram page, uh, one particular photographer and their work who he finds really interesting. Bill's got a really good eye, and I I think that uh, he's definitely somebody worth following on Twitter and also on Instagram. Thanks, Bill. A lot of your photographers will be appearing on future podcasts, as they have in the past. There are certain photographers whose work, their images, absolutely defines a moment in time, a history of a place or of a country. And there is no doubt that this week's uh, contributor to what does photography mean to you fulfills that criteria. It's Greg Marinovich. He's the co-author of The Bang Bang Club, a non-fiction book on South Africa's transition to democracy that has been translated into six languages. You may also have seen the film. He is a Pulitzer Prize-winning photographer and filmmaker, and he spent 25 years covering conflict around the globe with his writing and photographs appearing in magazines and newspapers worldwide. His 2012 award-winning investigations into the Marikana massacre of minors by police was called the most important South African journalism post-apartheid. The book will be published, or was published, I should say, in early 2016. Marinovich was editor-in-chief of the 2010 project, tutoring and managing over 100 African journalists' work in all forms of media. He gives lectures and workshops on workshops, I should say, on human rights, justice, photography, and storytelling. Marinovich uh, was a Nyman Fellow at Harvard University in 2013-14, and currently teaches visual journalism at Boston University's Journalism School and the Harvard Summer School. For me, the key thing about photography that lasts, that's important. It's either on the one hand personal work that records your family, your history, your friends, that kind of stuff. And the other is documentary work that's set in context, historical, political, news even, well contextualized, thought through, and not just treated as a sensationalist media, which photography so often can be. The value of pictures as depicting a time is making a political statement, is making a personal statement. I think these things are all very important to me. When I go through my archive and I'm looking at old stuff and scanning and scanning and scanning, it seems endlessly, I'm finding so many images that didn't make the cut as an edit, some that I remember seeing, some that I don't, some moments that I remember taking the pictures, some that are entirely foreign to me. It might as well have been somebody else who photographed them. And therein lies the danger of shooting. The very reason we fear photography as a form of propaganda, that we fear AI photography as deep fakes, is that it is such a powerful medium that we tend to believe what we see, at least to some level, 
And even if we don't entirely fall for the construct of what that lie is, it establishes the thought in our brain that this is an actual thing. One only has to look at modern politics, and perhaps all politics, but the continual repeating of lies that seem ludicrous slowly establishes them as a base level of what we think about things. This is why I think of documentary photography as truly important and contextualized, placed in history, annotated, captioned, written about. If you think about the great photographers of our time who've documented historical moments, it's not just bare bones pictures that stand out because those can be very misleading. It's rare that a photograph unambiguously and completely clearly articulates a moment or a feeling or memory for you. Mostly, they are versions of the truth, slivers of moments of history that come to represent the entirety. And this is what we've got to be so careful of, that we contextualize, that we write about things, that we think about them, that we don't just put them out into the world and say, you interpret them. Sure, if it's art and you want the art to represent what the person watching it feels as much as the person who created it and the subjects in it were doing and feeling and thinking, that's fine. I think that's great. That's a terrific way to look at the artistic process. But if you want to document moments of truth, however ambiguous that might be, I think you have to state the full facts. You can't cherry pick exactly what it is you feel you want to show despite what it was that you were experiencing that other people told you that they were experiencing. Truth is important. Which brings me to the thought of what is truth. Your truth is not my truth. These things vary how we understand it, what our background is, what our cultural moment is, our gender, our race, our age, maybe even our species. These are all important factors and we have to present them honestly. The photograph, the end product of that entirely long and arduous process of getting there to create a picture that you decide to put out in the world, is not free of who you are, quite the opposite. It's accumulation of your understanding, of your experiences, of your triumphs, of your failures, of your bitterness, of your love. All these things come into every single picture. And to counter that thought, I really want to say that I think photography should be ambiguous. I think there are elements to photography that cannot be nailed down as a single truth. After all, just because I witnessed it and was around, did I really understand what was happening? Often, I am sure I did not, and sometimes I entirely misunderstood a situation, not really knowing what I was seeing, what was behind it. I've always tried to get to these deeper truths in my work, but sometimes there's just no chance. You don't have the opportunity, you don't have the energy, you are just too ignorant or too lazy or too misplaced to understand what's really happening, what creates that photograph. Some people's work really pops out as truthful and honest and stands the test of time. I always think of Gilles Perez's Northern Ireland series and his work there is astonishingly truthful, even without captions beyond the very basic date and place. There's such an emotional and elemental truth to that work that I think it rises above everything else. Yet, without knowing what happened on Bloody Sunday, for example, what is the value of understanding the emotional truth without the historical truth? These things cannot be separated. 
Thank you, Greg, for what uh, was, I think you'll agree, a particularly informed, engaged, considered response to the question about what photography means to him. Interesting there, we hear it so often, don't we, in the contributions, the importance of recognition of the personal in work. But also, I think, Greg, they're really interestingly being able to kind of detach himself from the personal and being honest enough to actually say that, you know, his truth may not be your truth. So that whole ethical kind of situation around photography and truth kind of uh, being addressed there, I think, in a very straightforward, easily understandable way, which I have to say, I quite often um, I'm faced with writing about these subjects, which I do not find at all easy to understand. So uh, thank you, Greg, for putting things so clearly and so concisely. I think also very interesting that that um, importance of history. And also, as I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, that situation around seeing and what are you seeing and do you really understand what you're seeing? There's a really interesting area to explore. And I'd love other people to talk about it in a really clear way also. Talking about clarity, I started off this podcast talking about um, the arrival of of, uh, David Eustace. I should say Dr. David Eustace, actually, because that's his full title, uh, photographer, filmmaker, and also uh, connected as chancellor with uh, Edinburgh Napier University. His arrival at The Shed... uh, a week ago, and um, I was desperate for a portrait to be taken. I haven't had a portrait of me taken for a long time. People often ask me for a portrait, and I don't have one. So I asked him if he would do a portrait of me. He very kindly agreed, got his smartphone out of his pocket, and took me to a dark corner of the uh, of the garden outside the shed, and uh, also in the shed, <laughs> or he was outside two metres apart, and took some pictures of me. And I just love them. And it's always difficult looking at pictures of yourself, especially as you grow older. But I really um, can appreciate them. And I think what was interesting for me was the fact that these were just snaps taken on a smartphone. And for me, this leads back to what we were talking about here at the beginning of the podcast around that idea of the ordinary and what actually takes the ordinary into the extraordinary or the out of the ordinary. I've stood next to Eustace for many, on many, many photographic shoots, and I've stood next to him as he's looked through the camera, and I've never really understood how he got the pictures he got. I wouldn't have managed it. He was channeling something, and he was seeing something that I wasn't. And I think that really is the key here between the professional photographer who is totally committed to the seeing and the photographer who's still learning to see. And I guess we're always learning to see. That learning to see never stops. And that, that's one of the great excitements and I suppose the the connections that we have with photography. It is a medium that allows us to continue our learning, not just in image making, but also around the subject matter. Again, that's what Greg was referring to there, that understanding of history, of social, economic and political history. They all inform the photographer. So when I see or I hear people saying to me, well, everyone's a photographer now, 
just because they're taking photographs. That for me is the big difference between looking and seeing. The photographer who is committed to the medium is learning how to see, has learned how to see and, and understands the importance of seeing. So the fact that David was able to take uh, such what I consider to be strong portraits and a few others have also just with his phone is not about the camera as we know. It is all about what he was able to see and that background knowledge of photographs in his head that he was able to draw upon in the composition and the creation of the image. Once again, Greg referring back there, talking about Gilles Perez's images. It's so important that as photographers, we know other photographers work, we know what they did and where they did it and perhaps a little bit about why they did it. And in a certain kind of cyclical manner, perhaps that takes me back to the beginning of this podcast, where I spoke about the importance of education and the importance of sharing this knowledge with young minds, young photographers, and also not quite so young minds, but people who are still engaged with the medium. I know that a lot of lecturers use these podcasts and particularly the contributions as part of their teaching. And I know that people use unitednationsofphotography.com also as part of their teaching. It would be great if you could let me know how you do that and what impact that has and how do the students respond. For me, that's the completion of the circle of learning that, and sharing that we're engaged in here. Anyway. Um, that's it for uh, this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the passion for learning that I certainly have. And I hope you can pick up on that. The COVID situation continues. Uh, the lies and the mistruths seem to be filling our daily lives, coming from politicians on every turn, wherever we turn. None of that is good and our futures are absolutely uncertain. But I think we can deal with that if we take care. <laughs>